Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but prefer the classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices, spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the The final Final girl. Horror Movie Survival Guide. Yay! Welcome. Uh, I'm Julia. I'm Terry. Uh, and we have a very special episode for you today because we are so excited to be talking to Suzanne De, De Rocher Romero. See, she, she can roll her eyes. <laughs> Hello. Ours. Hi. That was perfectly done. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I practiced a little bit. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. Hi. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, we want to just kind of talk about you for a minute. So like we don't know very much about your background and where you're from and, and, and tell, us, tell us about you, Suzanne. Well, um, I'm, um, I'm a Canadian. I'm a French Canadian, actually. And, oui. Um, <laughs> oui, oui. I was born in a place called Laval, uh, Quebec. And um, I went to, uh, you know, I went to school. I went to theater school um, in in Montreal. I'm actually really, at the end of the day, a Montrealer. I love Montreal. And Terry was just there. I was just it's there last summer. It's gorgeous. I was there for three it's weeks. A, it's so pretty. It is really great. Not so much in the winter, but it's a lovely uh, summer summer mm-hmm. city. It's very European. Um, Everybody really has a great style. It's uh, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful city. So, and I went there. I I studied theater for five years, and then I had this crazy idea to go to um, uh, to Toronto and study Russian history. Oh, and so nice. that's what brought me to Toronto. Um, and, uh, fast forward, uh, you know, basically I was, you know, single, um, working, traveling, uh, doing all that kind of stuff. And, and then I met, um, George Romero Mm -hmm. and, uh, funnily enough, uh, well, funny or not, (laughs) I I didn't know who he was. Oh, what? Oh, cool. Yeah. No, uh, isn't that crazy? (laughs) I had heard of. You know, vaguely heard of Night of the Living Dead. I think you need to actually be living in a cave not to have heard of this movie. Right. But sure. I had heard of it, um, had never seen it, and um, and I and I, I was a bartender. That's how I earned my keep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, being an actor. Uh, sure. This is not, uh, <laughs> of course, a, I've done a, it. A, you know, we know. <laughs> Julia and I are both actors people too in LA so, so we totally understand I ran karaoke last night so that's what I do at okay, night. There you and go. I work in bars all the time <laughs> yeah so anyway that's how I earned my keep and uh, I had a great gig at a Marriott uh, downtown Toronto and as it turns out uh, George Romero was doing post-production well he was pro- he did Land of the Dead but mm-hmm. 
I only knew of it um, basically when my ex-boyfriend came over to the bar and said, um, hey, guess who's in the house? And I went, "I gosh, I know, like a Zamo. And I, I mean, I was just so excited. I, and, um, and he said, oh, no, no, bigger, bigger, bigger. And I went, well, who could be bigger? Uh, and, uh, you know, and he said, well, it's George Romero. And I said, well, I have no idea who that is. Wow. But I had seen this tall, uh, sort of arty type, lurker you know like guy who was sort of around and I had pegged him as um a writer you know actually that's not such a bad not wrong yeah. because not wrong yeah yeah he, he was a writer essentially and um anyway I approached him and I said uh you know uh, my boyfriend is the stunt coordinator on your movie hello how are you and we started to talk, and he invited me to see the rough cut of um, of Land of the Dead. And I have to say, ladies, I was very nervous about that because, sure. you know, I'm a pretty honest person, and I thought it was going to be trash. And, <laughs> I thought, oh, my God, how do I, you know, how do I negotiate or navigate being polite but being truthful? Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so I saw the rough, and... I actually thought it wasn't that bad. Okay. And um, and he uh, he so he says, oh, after I saw it, he goes, so what do you think? I go, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, he laughed that laugh. I don't know if you know his yes. laugh, but he had an extraordinarily uh, sort of an amazing laugh. I miss it every day, actually, and. Mm. Um, you know, uh, he he just knew that I wasn't his demographic, and um, anyway, but you we could still started appreciate it more. And <laughs> pardon, I said, but you could still appreciate it. That's sweet, though. <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, right. It, it really wasn't. It moved. It you know, it was entertaining. Um, it wasn't particularly gory. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like I said, and now of course. Uh, since I've seen it several times, mm-hmm. and I actually think it's more than not bad. Okay. <laughs> I okay. actually think it's a very good film. Yeah, it's interesting um, how some films are like but that. But so you see, I, I'm really, I was really a sort of um, history major and literature reader, and I used to go to, sh- you know, the Stratford uh, Theater uh, in, in Ontario. Mm-hmm. So I'm a Shakespeare lover. So and are we. Yep. We love horror yeah, movies so, and Shakespeare equally. Yes. Well, yeah. so did George. Yeah. <laughs> so, as, you know, I was just that kind of a girl, and I still am, actually. And um, so you would never have thought that I would, you know, find any common ground mm-hmm. with a zombie director. <laughs> but as it turns out, we had a lot in common and um and so anyway uh you know he of course you know as you know he was uh, well you don't know but he's significantly older than me he's mm-hmm. about 18 years older than me okay and at the time he was a smoker and mm-hmm. you know and he was married uh so it was like uh yeah mm-hmm. not really um you know an ideal uh, mate. Okay. Right. Let's put it that way. And so he asked me out on a date and I said, no, of course. And, um, 
but he kept asking and I at the end of the day went out on a pity date with him oh <laughs> yes and he knew he knows I, he knew that because I, I basically said I, I am going out with you but as at your insistence and really it's a pity date and uh-huh. he laughed and <laughs> And we went out, and I have to tell you, I never looked back. Oh, wow. Never, never looked back. It was just one date after another. And and because, you know, I was, you know, sort of late 40s, sort of really kind of, you know, you're a set, you know, your personality is set. Right. And, yep. uh, and so there's no, you know, it, it wasn't a mystery. I mean, it, it was obvious that we... We got along really well, and um, he was like my, I hate to use the word soulmate because I'm not sure that actually exists, but uh, he was, he and I got along like a house on fire, let's just put it that way. That's great. And so you you hadn't seen any of his films when you met, really, so, I mean, he must have. No, so about eight, nine, I don't know, a couple months after we were, sort of hanging out uh he said well I guess uh I guess you have to see some of my movies and I said yeah I guess I should and so we had a Romero film festival oh (laughs) how cool (laughs) yeah it's kind of cool like you have maestro in the room of course at the time I didn't think of him as maestro but thought of him as a great guy and but you know so we sat there and and we watched his movies and uh you know he asked me my opinion on all of them and uh-huh. some I liked more than others and sure you know so we spent you know three days wow. uh, going through did you do it like chronologically or just kind you of no I don't remember actually because that's, the kind, that's how I work it I'm like it must be chronological because <laughs> it, it probably was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, what happened was he, he you know, because he, he started um, considering staying in uh, in Toronto permanently. Okay. And uh, and he said to me, you know, let me see if I can get a hold of all my movies. Mm-hmm. And so he, it took him a couple of days to actually, a week or so, to get all the movies together. Because we watched them on DVD, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's what we did. So for three days, so we holed up and we had dinners and, you know, we, we ate and we watched all his movies. That sounds so. like heaven, right? Getting the it, commentary. Well, like he can point out the little things to you that you would, nobody else would know. Right. Well, you know, it's, uh, yeah. And, and just, and also... He hadn't seen these movies in a long, long time as well. Oh, okay. So it's like a refresher for him. For him, him, it was a fresh sort of a a fresh, you know, a lot of actors or or directors don't really go back to see their movies. Right, right. You know, so unless, and you know, when he was invited to, you know, introduce one of his films, he'd introduce the film and then he'd skedaddle. Right. You know, so he never stuck around to see the movie. So he hadn't seen his movies. And uh, so for him, it was like, geez, you know, like, it's better than I thought. Or he he had opinions, too, that were that he hadn't sort of thought about because he like I said, he never he never, you know, he just didn't watch his movies. Mm -hmm. 
Can I ask, so where did your uh, love of film begin? Well, you know, I've always loved um, a good movie, essentially, but when George and I met, um, he found me to be quite uh, deprived, okay. <laughs> essentially. Because, <laughs> you know, I really hadn't seen a lot of the classics and... Um, you know, I wouldn't have been recognized Spencer Tracy or Gary Cooper in a lineup, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Only the so dreamiest. I, oh, my goodness. Oh, Gary Pardon? Cooper. <laughs> Gary Cooper. We love Gary Cooper we a lot. Have, sorry, we have to have a <laughs> Gary Cooper moment because he's <laughs> stunning. Yeah, Gary Cooper is a very cool guy. Yeah. And uh, I really liked his work. And uh, so anyway, so George decided that I needed to uh, brush up. And um, so basically, for the 12 years that George and I were together, he introduced me to all the absolute musts. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then, you know, we've gotten some favorites, so we would revisit them. And at the end of the day, I wouldn't call myself a cinephile, mm -hmm. but um, I really am quite well acquainted with um, the classics. And so it was, and so it sounds like you had with him like a very wide scope of films that you watched. And what was how much horror, uh, other than his own work, did he watch? Was there a lot of horror involved? And never, no, never, interesting, never. Yeah, he never watched horror. Um, you know, p people would ask him, you know, uh, you know, what horror movies have you seen lately? And he'd say, I haven't. Okay. Um, and they sometimes people would ask him, "What horrifies you, Mr. Romero?" And he'd say, "Well, at the time it was George W. Bush." Right. <laughs> so, so you sure. can imagine what his politics are today. Um, you know, so he for what what frightened George was real life. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the real deal stuff. Um, that's you know what frightened George. But he never watched horror movies. You know what he really loved, which I didn't, were kind of like boy adventure movies, okay. you know, like, you know, uh, Stuart Granger and, you know, mm -hmm. that, that kind of swashbuckling, you know, male <laughs> sure. sort of adventure movies. He loved them. Uh, he'd call up and say, hey, guess what's on? And I'd say, oh, God, the <laughs> thing. He loved the thing. Oh, yes. Uh, so he, he so he loved that kind of, he loved Godzilla. Mm -hmm. and, uh, he loved monster movies. But he never really watched horror. The, uh, the, uh, the horror movie that he liked the most was Roman Polanski's... Uh, I'm trying to remember the title. It's the one where she's um, she's uh, mentally ill. Repulsion. Repulsion. George Is loved Repulsion, and watched it uh, several times a year. It was. It's the one with Catherine Deneuve. That's the one you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's he amazing. loved Repulsion. It's it's actually that funny. That was his favorite horror movie. Um, yeah. I was in a I was in a horror movie, uh, an independent film called Golden Earrings, um, that my best friend Marion Kerr and previous host of the show uh, wrote and directed. That is very Repulsion, and we neither one of us had seen it. And then afterwards, was like, uh, oh, it's very Repulsion. And then we watched it, we're like, oh, it is very Repulsion. <laughs> we had no idea. But it's such an that's such an incredible film, and just like watching one woman kind of crumble into madness. Um, yeah, right. that's a great film. So it sounds yeah, like he loved it. 
Yeah, he actually thought Roman Polanski uh, is a is a, a very talented mm-hmm. craftsman, a very talented director. Sure, and we're separating uh, art I, from he, artist here, as yeah. as you do. Um, so it sounds like George was very different than kind of the perception of him. The perception of him is this horror hound kind of director, but yep. actually he's a big cinephile who has a very broad range of knowledge and love Absolutely. for cinema. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, and most people wouldn't think that, but that is in fact the truth. I think that makes a lot of sense just based on his work and all the themes that he gets into with each one. Because I don't really think yep. of his movies as horror movies, as Julia has gotten me way more into this in his life. Um, I think uh, so many of them are just really relevant and topical social, social commentary. And that's what right. I think almost every single one of his films are. So that makes a lot of sense to me, actually, that he would be really yeah, looking at I the human he, condition. You know, he used he used zombies as the as the tool in order to to tell the story right. about humanity because it was always the humans who were the monsters sure and that's <laughs> and that's what i love about his films is like yes they're about zombies but not really they're really about the people no. and how does society crumble and how do people interact and what happens afterwards which is the most yes. interesting part of a zombie apocalypse for sure Yes. And, and I love yeah. that all of- you're you're spot on, ladies. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. But it's great because, you know, <laughs> each one of his films, you can say like, oh, like Season of the Witch, which we, which is a one that's, you know, very underseen that Terry and I adore. We love it. That, yes, it's about mm-hmm. on the surface about a lady doubling a witchcraft. But what is it really about? You know, it's, a, it's mm-hmm. and these, he's not afraid to tackle these kind of very kind of repressed themes that don't get explored very much you know in season of the witch is like women getting older and how angry they are about that and you don't you know they're kind of jealous of their younger daughters and that's something that doesn't really get a lot of play and not necessarily from a, a male writer director either i think it's so cool yeah he was really actually at the end of the day a um a feminist mm-hmm. um he was, um, you know, uh, he, he was almost always ahead of his time mm-hmm. in so many ways. Um, and in, in, I'd, I'd, we'd actually love to redo or remake Season of the Witch. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually one of the only films that George thought needed to be remade. Um, he just thought that, you know, they didn't have a great budget. Uh, there was some anarchy on the set mm-hmm. it was a troubled set so he he always felt that you know it would have it it's still relevant of course and you can redo this film so yes and especially he with would have a, been keen on that a woman director as well getting it from that point yeah. of view would be um well i'll just throw my hat in that ring how about that oh my gosh i would love <laughs> it if you directed hey, it I mean, uh, you oh. know, i'm in i'm in because uh, it needs to be directed by yeah. a female um obviously a craftsperson, someone sure. who knows what they're doing, but I would love it if it was a, a, a female. I'm really, um, I'm not a, f- a feminist mm-hmm. per se. I'm more an egalitarian. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I think this film would be best served up uh, by a female um sensibility yes agreed and if you haven't checked out uh season of the witch and we're not talking about halloween three we are talking about george romero season of the witch please do check it out that and martin are two of our incredible favorite films that we try to champion every time we can we're always telling our audiences yeah we had an interview with john amplis actually because we love martin so much (laughs) right and you know it was george's favorite film of his 
of his. Wow. See, that makes yeah, me love it he anymore. loved that was his favorite film and as a director he said, Suze, I got to uh, every shot I I, I I got everything I wanted. Mm-hmm. I you know, as a director, you know, there's always compromises mm-hmm. and budget constraints and suits, you know, uh not liking your work. I mean, right. he had every uh, he, that film he was the full sovereign you know of that film from the minute it started to the minute it ends it's his film mm-hmm. absolutely every frame um and he as a as an artist uh especially you know these days it you just does, it just doesn't happen it's you know very you don't rare. have control mm-hmm. of your art yeah. um that's why george was an independent filmmaker he, for him it was so important to um to be as as sovereign as possible yeah. to have control of your art as much as possible and of course the higher the budget the less control you have so sure well, that's because, what i like you know, about it it's a 25 million dollar film people who are spending that kind of dough want to have a say mm-hmm. you know yeah, but I, I so. think his independence is, is is really what I like about his films is that they don't feel glossy and perfect. They feel kind of right. you know homemade, which is what I want. And then, you know, wanting to get that person's personality through the filmmaking, which I think you get with him. And how yes, how was absolutely. it for you to be someone who really wasn't into this world at all to be thrown into this horror world and I know George did a lot of conventions and like that's a whole different thing oh yeah and to have these people where you know he changed the face of horror and he's got this mm-hmm. revered status and you know have these people kind of all these fans what was that like to be in the middle of that well you know you know basically he was my guy we were married and and we hung out uh and then he'd go to these conventions and or you know events Mm -hmm. not necessarily conventions but events and suddenly he'd put on the vest and the glasses because he actually never wore his glasses okay (laughs) he didn't need them he had you know uh he just didn't need the glasses but the glasses are iconic yeah, <laughs> they're iconic, but it it was a costume essentially. Okay, you know, so so he'd don the outfit and then he'd go, and then I'd be uh, suddenly married to an icon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was married to um, a, a a maestro, someone who was admired and uh, revered, and you know, and, and so so Friday, Saturday until Sunday at four. Uh, when the conventions would end mm-hmm. or when the event would end, then he'd be back to my George. <laughs> so, you know, That's it was just, cool. yeah, was able it was to have just, a little that separate. would be mm-hmm. what he would do mm-hmm. and we'd do it. And, and then he would be back to being George. Yeah. So you know, um, the regular I, guy who can't find the mayonnaise in the fridge, <laughs> you know. even though it's right in front of him, I'm sure. <laughs> even though it was right in front of him, yep. You know, so anyway, he was very, very, very regular, very normal, very um, loving, and um, you know, just a just an overall nice guy, you know. But not so much a horror 
I, I don't know. People would say, hey, guys, do you have, like, you know, what do you guys sleep in? Like a coffin? <laughs> like, uh, no. I think you have, like, an Adams Family Monsters home or something. <laughs> uh, in fact, the apartment was full of, you know, art, but not, you know, anything like posters or, you know, nothing like that. You'd never know that he was a zombie director or a filmmaker, actually. That's so cool. We just wouldn't know it. Yeah. So now um, you are doing something that's so wonderful to honor the memory of George, and you have started the George A. Romero Foundation, um, which uh, is dedicated to honoring the life, work, and cultural influence of George and supporting a new generation of filmmakers and artists inspired by his legacy. That's so cool. Please tell us. Yeah, it is kind of cool. But, you know, I have to say... Um, you know, it's um, hard to imagine me doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when we when we found out that George was not, <clears throat> when you know he was terminal, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he didn't want to talk about business at all. So of course, and so we didn't. But we would play a lot of Scrabble. We were big <laughs> Scrabble players. My and, favorite game. Uh, yes, <laughs> it's a great game. Mm-hmm. And uh, George and I played thousands and thousands of hours of it Mm -hmm. um and we were playing and i just said you know so what do you think about your legacy Mm -hmm. and you know he looked at me and he he just kind of shrugged and said ah nobody really cares and i have to say i know uh, i have to say it 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 didn't sit well when he said it then Mm -hmm. um it didn't sit well after I, you know, after he passed, I, it kept rolling in my my head, mm-hmm. and I just kept thinking that can't be true, um, and I, I just it just haunted me. Yeah. And you know, and I'm I'm mourning and I'm sad because I've lost my friend and you know my guy, mm-hmm. uh, and and I kept thinking about what he said, and I thought. I can't, I have to do something about this. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't let it go. And so I think that's where it all started is I just didn't think that it was true. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm not a horror fan or a, or a, a, um, a student of the, the genre or I, and I wouldn't even say I was a student of George Romero, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but now <laughs> I know more about his work life than I did when he was alive. Um, I'm very well versed in his world. And, um, and I just think that George would be, uh, I, I don't know if proud is the right word, but mm-hmm. I think he would say, yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Good because you're helping young people, even though I'm not an ageist, you know, just filmmakers, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, female women filmmakers, uh, elevating the genre uh, to where it needs to be, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, to be, it's to be respected and honored and cherished. And, um, you know, he's the only director who's of his the genre get a star on the Hollywood uh, mm. Walk of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the, you know, and, and, and now we've got the, really the only foundation that represents a horror or genre director. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, inch by inch, we're very young, 
but uh, we, I hope, to make a uh, an impression on this on this world. Sounds like you already are and yes. have. I'm so excited for that. And now it sounds like you really are a scholar of everything now uh-huh. too. Now you keep saying well, that you weren't, know. but now I you are. I you say are. Scholar, but you spent the time. Definitely, uh, definitely, um, you know, understand the the players in the world mm-hmm. and. Actually, we're very excited about something. We're okay. about to launch our first international student short film contest. Oh, nice. wow. Slash festival. So I am interested in seeing, um, you know, short film. But what I'm more interested is what a Norwegian, what does a Norwegian uh, mm-hmm. sensibilities about horror versus... Mm-hmm somebody from Zimbabwe or yeah. someone from Korea. You know, when you look at Parasite, now would you say Parasite is a horror film? Mm. It's many things. I think that's <laughs> one of the genres that is definitely used in the film. That movie's a hybrid. I think that's okay. why people are so into it because it doesn't fit any, any box. Any box. Because it's thriller, right. it's horror, there it's is, comedy. There's murder is involved. Yeah, so. and some brutal, right. some brutal stuff. So yeah. And you know, so... Actually, I was speaking to Joe Dante. Oh, we love Joe. About, you know, yay, Joe. <laughs> he, he uh, you know, I said, you know, isn't it interesting? What You know, what frightens a, a South Korean, you mm-hmm. know? And he went, North Korea. Yeah. And I, I laughed because it's, yes, exactly right. That's what scares, uh-huh. you know, a South Korean mm-hmm. is, you know, North Korea in a realistic way. But what about... Um, you know, uh, that, you know, raises your, the, the hairs on your arm, you know, that, that, that roller coaster sensation of being excited and being horrified Mm -hmm. by something, you know, Mm -hmm. and that would be different for a South Korean versus somebody from, you know, Copenhagen, Sure, you know? So anyway, we're, we're, we're excited about this festival slash, uh, contest, a contest, We've got David Cronenberg, um, uh, Joe Dante. We've got Ryan Turek. I'm sure you know. Yes. And we have Patton Oswalt. Oh, yeah, you're Patton too. Friends of the pod. I love it. So you know, I know you know Patton. He he, I do. It was so lovely to say yes, and um, and again, you see, you know, he's a he's a comedian, but. He's a huge horror fan. And a cinephile. cinephile. Big cinephile. Right. Huge. Uh, He and I have actually had very many uh, lovely conversations about Martin because we're both fans. And so he was like, oh, what do you you think this means? And I'm like, what do you think that means? And so it's been. They all have theories. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yes. So uh, that's amazing. So when does that open? When when can you start sending in films and stuff? Well, we so we we haven't blasted it out yet. Okay. Uh, We are about to. uh, so we're looking for some sponsorship mm-hmm. first yes. uh, to see if um, people might be interested in helping out in that regard. But it, regardless mm-hmm. uh, whether they do or not, we're doing it. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we are, you know, we will show the top 10 okay. films. Um, and, 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 and of course, we know that we'll probably get a, a bunch of American entries. Sure. But I'm really hoping that we can get you know filmmakers from around the world to give this a shot and um 
I'd be very interested to see the work and um, and then we'll we'll show them, you know. So uh, so we're very excited about it. That sounds fabulous. I can't wait. So I know that um, the foundation is doing the festival, but you also have at the University of Pittsburgh a physical archive. archive. Yes. 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 Because, you know, first of all, again, uh, the, the idea, you know, you know, what do you do with the stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and at, at the time there was really nowhere to put stuff, you know? And um, so when I was in Pittsburgh sort of um, getting the 501c3, which is the found, you know, the, the nonprofit mm-hmm. status, I met with, uh, you know, the folks at the library and the research library there, and, um, and they were very interested in acquiring the, the you know, the stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, we negotiated it, and, 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 I, and I, at the end of the day, could not have been more thrilled to have it in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. where I think it belongs. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it needed to be, first of all, it needed to be taken care of, um, you know, uh, again, preserved Mm -hmm. and uh, cataloged and sorted out, and it needed to be in Pittsburgh. So it just seemed like kismet to me. It just seemed like it was the right thing to do. Even though George went to the Carnegie Tech or Carnegie Mellon Mm -hmm. University, I think the University of Pittsburgh is is just better equipped for this type of um, archive mm-hmm. and um, or and collection, and also part of this whole thing is to grow this you know archive. So they have the Romero collection, but now we're looking to to get the the library or this archive to grow into a mecca mm-hmm. of archives or collections where. You know, filmmakers and artists um, um, from music to painting to literature to film Mm -hmm. to have all these different mediums come together and in Pittsburgh and, you know, have a place where people can come, do research, uh, take a look at it. Um, Part of our mission uh, is to get a horror study center oh, together. Yeah. Who, of course, we would love to have it uh, endowed as the George A. Romero yes. Horror Study Center. Um, we also want to do a museum. Um, oh. I mean, ladies, isn't yes. it astonishing that it doesn't exist? Yeah. Yeah. Why, um, but you're making it happen. Is what? Why, why we're so excited? We're going to make it you. happen. Yes. <laughs> so you're you're making you're making this happen, and you're really making his legacy survive and and showing the world that people do care and you know you we care, care we care so many people we know care so many well, pe- filmmakers who have been influenced by george's work so many you know night of the living right. dead changed the face of horror completely yes that's right you know because it used to be monsters and now the monster was your neighbor yes <laughs> yep you know the, the monster was, you know, the candlestick maker, um, <laughs> as opposed to a big furry thing. Or right. um, so it was really. Uh, it's true. He really did um, change gears uh, for that world. He definitely did. And you know, he. It's 
again, you know, for a filmmaker, how often does that happen where you hit a home run on your first shot? Right. I know. Uh, It's pretty rare. It's like pretty rare. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, and sometimes when you have a filmmaker who has, you know, finally has, you know, a hit, but he's done 15 films already, you know. And uh, so it was really astonishing that George, you know, his talent, I don't know, you know, if he was a genius, I have to say, because people sort of use that word um, a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure he was a genius, but he was certainly in in tune with society. He was in tune with the craft of mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. and you know and he was also very independent mm-hmm. and so he you know he, maybe he was just the guy the right guy at the right time mm-hmm. um you know who had resolve and was passionate about his work and um you know but he was writer too at the end of the day he was he just wrote and wrote and wrote and the archive is full of unproduced work, screenwriting and screenplays. I mean, and, Terry you know, and I just novels. grabbed. We just hands. grabbed hands about that. We got just got so excited to hear that. We want to read all of them, and yes. we yeah. need to make a visit. It sounds like to Pittsburgh yeah. real soon. I think we might need to take a trip to Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, we're, we're we're hoping that people will come to Pittsburgh, and we're also hoping that you know Pittsburgh could. You know, another thing that, you know, the CMU, were, they were doing a feasibility study and, um, and they want to do a survey. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to me, it's like, you know, polling, you know, uh, when you ask questions, you have to really kind of know or try to define exactly what you want to know. If, so if you were asked um, this question what is it in a horror museum that you're looking to feel and or experience Hmm. and how would you answer that question I guess I want to you know if you if let's say you know in my mind you have a museum where you have a different section for every director right so you have Mm -hmm. the Romero section and you have the Landis section you have the Dante section like and to make those sections feel like those directors films in a way I don't know how right. you would feasibly do that tangibly, but I would like, oh, uh-huh. I walk into this room and the music's playing is kind of goofy and like, right. you know, like for Joe Dante section. And then you like have like a little like a gremlin stuff. But then for Romero, right. it's a little more it's a little more real. Um, right. I think you have a new board member here. Just going to like <laughs> uh, put Julia up because I think uh, she's really great at consulting. Um, I got some ideas. You yeah. Know. Um, I get what you mean. Like you want that flow to feel feel. Yeah feel with each one of those directors but also to be kind of scary right you want it to be it doesn't need to look like uh, like a beautiful art museum because that's too bright and too big and too cavernous you want it to feel kind of dark and enclosed and a little bit a little bit scary a little spooky yeah so yeah so so you for instance you might have a virtual reality space Mm -hmm. or you might have a cinema you know where definitely uh, you know and but also you would have um you know, pieces of music that frighten people yes. and art that frightens people yes. and, lit- you know, just to have all the mediums represented because it's not just film, is it? Yeah. It's, it's everything, right? Right. And, it takes a lot to make something scary. 
Right. And so, so you know, so we're interested uh, to know what it is that people are would be wanting to experience. Because actually, I, I hate the word museum. Mm. <laughs> it's not really what I'm, it's, it's not really what's in my head. I, I want people to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want it to be an experience. Um, so something interactive, it sounds like. Yeah. I love like video yeah. modules and things like whether yeah. it's, you know, interviews that maybe have been unearthed or things that you can find that I always yeah. love seeing those old types of things like that. Even like if it's like alternate takes or kind of yes. things that people like you wouldn't normally see outside. We always want the extra footage. Julie and I always want the extended cut. Yeah. We yeah. want the extra footage. We We're want... the people that watch all the blue way extras, yes. you know, on anything. Right. I, I hear there was a significant more amount of Martin. That it's like we're, 90 minutes or something like, out we, there. Where is it? We need it. <laughs> we'll watch like five hours of we Martin. We want it. Yes. yes. Yeah. I want it. Well, oh, I, I hope that you'll be. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. You know, it, just, we just don't know where it is. Yeah. yeah, of course. And that's the kind of the heart, the, that heart makes my heart break hearing that. Lost like, oh, cinema. I'll never see it. <laughs> um, well, I hope that you'll also be doing some film programming, um, you know, eventually there as well, because that seems to kind of fit hand in glove um, to show not yes. only George's films, but films that he loved or films that inspired him, you know? Right. Yeah. So we have a Romero Lives initiative, which is, you know, sort of a, uh, you know, a, uh, events that uh like so for instance this year we're going to do a savini fest or oh, yes we we're love wanting joe dante yes. and some of his less familiar films uh-huh. uh you know to, to come to pittsburgh um we're going to do a big event in chicago we're going to do the creep show um mm. event the premiere of the second uh second round nice. we're hoping to do that in la so so the GARF, uh, the George A. Romero Foundation, is going to be involved in, yeah, and doing, because we obviously n- need to not show Romero movies every time, of obviously. So we need to take a look at sort of the big picture mm-hmm. and, um, you know, because George's favorite movies, you know, was Ben-Hur, it was Richard III, right. you know, so... So, you know, sure, uh, The Thing, you know, Carpenter's mm-hmm. The Thing. Yeah. One um, of our favorites. One of our favorites. Yeah, we love that film. Yeah, he mm-hmm. loved uh, Halloween, the original. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we could, uh, you know, maybe Mr. Carpenter would be a mm-hmm. guest, you know, if he would. I don't know if he, you know, goes out uh, that much. Uh, um, I saw him I uh, DJ on Halloween a couple of years ago, John Carpenter. Did you know that he, okay. like, play, uh, not DJ, but he plays piano, he plays music. music. Yeah, he, he loves music. Yeah. And it's his music that, and his son's music, mm-hmm. that really is big in his life right now, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, he was there playing with his sons, which was cool. Yeah. Um, can I ask you, I don't actually know, and I feel bad for knowing this, what does the A stand for in George A. Romero? Andrew. Andrew. Oh. Okay, yeah. Now I feel good. I know that. That's so sweet. That's a great question that I... <laughs> Julia. Well, that's yeah. what I do. Well, um, as Quentin Tarantino would say, fucking awesome. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's what it stands for is awesome. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so exactly. something that so. the um, the foundation is doing right now is um, showing a lost film of George's from 1973 called The Amusement Park. Yes. So, um, again, um, we had um, a very, very good friend of ours um, who was the um, festival director of Turin in Italy. Mm -hmm. 
And a long, long time ago, she did a retrospective of George Romero, and one of the films that she showed at this uh, festival was The Amusement Park. And she had one of the technicians cut a DVD of it, and she kept the 16 uh, millimeter of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we actually thought it was the only copy that we had. And she handed me the reel, and she gave me the DVD. And so, I don't know, I would say about four weeks before George passed, a bunch of us got together and we watched it. Mm -hmm. And it was 57 minutes of, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we said, well, hello, how come we've never heard of this movie? And you never spoke about it in any of the interviews ever, ever, ever. And he was like, yeah, yes, it was nothing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, reading. nothing. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I know. And he was like, it was bing, bang, boom. We had no money. Three days. We shot it. We, sh- you know, we cut it. Boom. It's done. It was a little industrial for the Lutheran senior life. Uh, and it, its job was to go to community centers and help the elderly, um, you know, get help from young people. And and it was sort of before um, Meals on Wheels and, you know, that kind of uh, stuff that, you know, helps um, our our seniors, you know, get access to food and and just help in general. Anyway, so the the film never really saw the light of day. And, um, you know, we so we saw the film. And then, of course, the first thing I thought of was, well, what's the – what's the foundation going to do? And I I thought, well, let's restore this thing. Yes. So it was in pretty bad shape, you know, pretty well uh, magenta and pink and Mm -hmm. warped and scratched and just horrible in horrible shape. But we had Indie Collect in New York um, go through it frame by frame. Long story short, we've got the film and now we're looking to, uh, you know, a, some kind of distribution, mm-hmm. some kind of theatrical event. Yes, because uh, you, you know, just had a screening at MoMA, we're, we're right? We're trying to figure it out. You just had a screening at MoMA, right? We had a screening at MoMA, which hmm. is, you know, a very, you know, um, prestigious yes. um, thing. Um, you know, Night of the Living Dead is actually housed there as oh. well. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're big Romero um you know, film uh, fans. And um, so we were really happy that we got to do it um, and how did it, the, at the MoMA. How did it go over? It went well. It went great. Um, it went really well. And uh, everyone was super excited. And, and everybody seemed to really like it yes. very much. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit, you know, I, I just thought we need to exercise some caution because it's not a, it's not really a horror movie or a zombie movie or a gory movie. It's more horrific. It in is. Its, like, how would you describe it, Julia? Uh, it's, uh, um, it is horror though. Like that. And it's it the horror, horror of humanity not, in real life. 
But not, I think it's not like, in again, a hellraiser like we talked way. about earlier social commentary because yeah. I think it brings up yeah. so many topics. Like I'm on Twitter a lot more than I probably should be. And I feel like I read an article. <laughs> yes, I read an article recently um, because of it, though, um, on the, in The Atlantic, I believe by David Brooks, talking about the death of the nuclear family over the last 50 years since like World War II. And it talked right. about how the breakdown of how elderly care and elder care has changed, um, where people are really kind of left alone. Um, and pushed aside at a certain time mm-hmm. where in the olden mm-hmm. days before, you know, we all kind of lived collectively together as families, extended families. There was a safety net right. for everybody. So yep. kids had somebody to watch them because their grandfather was home, you know, and they're to right. take care of the kids. Um, and it wasn't looked down upon or frowned upon like you couldn't be independent. Um, questions of right. accessibility for disabled people. I think this is a great film about that, too, because mm-hmm. of dealing with all the people with the walkers. And as everybody came into the park, you know, as they as they are coming in. Um, you're seeing people, you know, different, different, um, differently abled. I think there's a lot of really relevant stuff that I, I would, you know, want to have that pushed, uh, helped push this movie out to so many different places because of that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I agree. And because it- so not only is it a substantive uh, piece of, you know, film, uh, but it also has Romero's footprint all Definitely. over it. Completely. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it just oozes him, you know, and, and, you know, he would say to me, you know, well, I don't really have a style. I don't really ha- – I don't like – okay, well, even I know you have a style. Yeah, he's I got think, a style. I think how he sees uh, his he work totally does. and we see his work. <laughs> it's like how people think they don't have accents. No matter where you're from, you got an accent. Yes. You know what I mean, though? Like right. you just can't hear it always. Yeah. But, every, you know, everyone Everybody else not it. from there can hear it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. And- so when you're the filmmaker or when you're the artist, you know, you might not – see it um but certainly other people do and uh and uh, anyway but i just i you know i had my friend dan kraus who uh who wrote the uh, the co-wrote the book that george wrote um he hadn't finished it mm-hmm. and that's coming out in june uh, oh, 20 um yeah the living dead and um Again, I, I, first of all, it's an 800-page Oh, wow. Tome. That's what we want. And, we want it all. Every little yeah. detail. Well, <laughs> it's absolutely, you know, I have to say, uh, if I were to go to a bookstore, again, I would not pick that book. Right. Because um, it's just not my choice or my thing. But I, so I looked at this big book and I went, okay, here goes. And uh, first of all, I recognized it because, of, you know, George was writing it and uh, he would, you know, have me read it, um, the bits. And um, but anyway, I, I, I read the book. I think the book is fantastic. I loved it. Um, it has a bunch of little Easter eggs mm-hmm. in there. And I found it personally um, touching um, I was moved by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I cared about the characters. Um, I loved the book. I thought it was, again, not my thing, but oh my goodness. Oh, I think it's a fantastic book, and I think people are going to love it. We're Julia's so giddy excited. over here. Julia is the biggest reader I know. She always has a book in her bag at all times. Yes. Okay. And has stacks. Well, Julia, like she's I think the one you're who'll in for ha- a yeah. big big treat she's literally um, jumping in her it. seat right now yes. she's so excited <laughs> i wish well, you could let me see the glee you, uh, i can't wait to hear, hear what you think of it um it's, like i said it's coming out in june and okay. dan is going you know uh across the country uh, promoting it 
Well, he can definitely um, come on our show. I'm going to be in Spain, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's um, a, well fortunately. Yeah, but fortunately. The timing isn't so wonderful. But, um, yeah, everyone's super-duper excited about this this book coming out. So Awesome. It's great. Um, so if I can, let me circle back around to Amusement Park a little bit. And um, we want to talk about okay. it a little bit further in detail. Yep. Um, so mm-hmm. it basically focuses on uh, Lincoln Mazel, who we know as Uncle Kuda in Martin. Yes. Um, yes. Same white suit uh-huh. even, right? I know. He's got that suit. Yeah. Um, so he <laughs> he opened, the film opens up with him as a, as a narrator telling you what you're about to see and telling you about mm-hmm. the perils that senior citizens face uh, today. Um such as loneliness, failing health, inadequate transportation, inadequate medical care, inadequate housing, lack of money, improper nutrition. Why haven't things changed is my question. Lack <laughs> of compassion. Yes. But, right. And, and, you know, you think right. about, yeah, it's exactly the same in 2020. Uh, nothing has changed. Yep. Um, but the thing that I think is so remarkable about this film is it's saying, it says, I want you to take action. You should be taking yep. action. And it says, remember when you watch this film that one day you, you will be old. old. And you're like, damn, yes. damn, though. Yeah. Tell it like it is, George Romero. Wow. And then starts the movie. I was like, oh, okay. Like framing that up and setting it up, it gets you ready to watch. Even if you just played that PSA as like the trailer, like that's enough to be like, okay, now I need to watch and find out what I need, what else I need to know. Yes. And it's such a a real uh, look at, and it made my heart hurt to watch it. And it, and it doesn't mean that it, you know, and it's a wonderful film. And your heart should hurt, I think, watching it and realizing yep. how much society brushes aside senior citizens. Yeah. That they don't, yeah. they're not worth anything anymore. They have nothing to offer. And it's so wrong. And, I, it, and it really does make me want to take action. Like, it really did what it set out to do. And I was like, yeah, what can I do? How can I help? Because everybody oh, should. What a great reaction, yes. obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that, um, I don't know if you remember, but there's a fortune teller scene. Yes, yes. Well, that creeped me out, I have to say, because, you know, you you have a young couple, they're beautiful, they're young, they're healthy, and then they look at their future, and the, the future is them being old, and it's not a good thing. No. And it's just, you know, it's just, uh, it's so sad. It, it is. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry yeah. that society hasn't passed. Like ageism needs to be addressed, and it and and I can't believe there isn't a movie that addresses it. And this is this I is think, the film. This is it. This mm-hmm. is the one that everybody needs to see. And I think it will make everybody want to take action. And and well, isn't that a great thing? That, yes. Um, yeah, because the senior life, the, the Lutheran senior life, you know, they're they're a they're a, a you know a religious sort of you know Christian um, uh, group mm-hmm. um, who you know spend money helping uh, elderly people, and uh, you know you think okay, but it, this needs to be secularized. You yes. know, this needs to be everybody needs to be on board. But everybody, everybody, mm-hmm. we need to, and you know, it's it's like in the in Asia where they do still live with their grandparents, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they do have a very high respect for their elderly, you know. And um, so we just need to remember what it used to be like because mm-hmm. actually George lived with his grandfather oh. in a small, you know, Westchester apartment, you know, Parkchester, I should say, in, 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 at the, in the Bronx, he lived with his grandfather. That's so, his... you know, I, I think that we've forgotten, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, I find that elder, women, older women, they become invisible. 
Yeah. You know, and that is so discouraging because mm-hmm. you're like, I've been visible my whole life and now I'm invisible. Yes. And how did that happen? Yeah, but that's and what... when I, did it happen? I think that's what Season of the Witch is about. I think that's that, yeah. that yes. completely that is saying, I know what happened. Where am I? Who am I now? I'm not this yeah. uh, sexy per, like young girl anymore. And how do people see right. me now? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, there's um, the the main character's best friend in that film who has a scene where she's drunk but she's she's getting very upset about it and like I'm furious about it and I'm like yes I fucking feel it like you mm-hmm. know that's a it's a real it's very relatable uh, and and again in 2020 nothing's changed you know it's exactly the same yeah human condition and then of is course the same. you have all this me too movement right. where you know men misbehaved and women took it and there was never a place to sort of fight back. Yeah. And now it, the pendulum might actually be swinging a little too much. Mm-hmm. But at the end, you know, you just need to uh, sort of understand that this kind of power you had over women in such a negative way uh, is thankfully, you know, hopefully we evolving mm-hmm. <laughs> somehow, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm that women are substantial and and powerful and need to be visible through their whole life yeah you know and um, again i'm not a feminist but um, it, there seems to be uh some some very big gaps uh, yes. in, in, in 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 equality and we still need to go there you know and same thing with age you know we just need to and, you know, in the United States, so many poor children, people, who, children mm-hmm. who are in poverty mm-hmm. as well, you know. That's because we split we everybody up. We need to yeah. really, yeah, we need to really help people up. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I think that's what's Support. so great about George's film is that you have these undercurrents that, like, I can come away with amusement park with this feeling of horror, but also this feeling of now it's changed my mind on something. Now I want to do something. But every film oh, you look that at. that is a great reaction, I have to say. Uh, that really pleases me because <laughs> no, because at the end it's not just about uh, being a Romero completist, right. but that this film will actually help. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and you know because I, you know, I used I used to volunteer at um, a senior citizen center when I was younger, and it, and it, it is this kind of feeling where you can just by talking to somebody for a couple of minutes kind of brighten their day. And I think that that's all somebody needs is just this moments of human connection. And I think that really that's what George's films are about completely is it's all about the human connection. You have every single night Night living dead where people Mm -hmm. are stuck in a house together and how do they communicate? And then you have a dawn or you haven't, you know, and it's these, communication reaching out and calling yes. all the yeah and calling that line oh the, yeah calling the radio. his hotline he's mm-hmm. just trying to connect to somebody mm-hmm. and i think it, what could be more important than and showing throughout this current of you know you yes you have this surface horror but beneath you have like just please everybody needs to be together and help each other we're not yeah. alone that's what i always get from his films oh. is that we're just not alone yeah oh, oh that's great mm-hmm Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so we always ask um, our guests. So we, you know, we are, our, our show is Horror Movie Survival Guide. So the idea right. is uh, how do you survive a horror film? How do you become <laughs> the final girl? What are the, what are the, how can you win and survive? Um, so we always ask our guests for a, a horror movie survival guide tip. What kind of tip do you have to survive a horror film? So, so. So let me just make it just sort of clear here. So when I'm watching a film and I'm really afraid, uh, how do I get through it? 
type of thing yeah. or like yes how would you how would you survive what and tip I, would you give to somebody to survive the, survive any disaster basically okay. what's your big well, tip oh well, i don't even know how to answer that except to say that well stop the movie make yourself a hot chocolate and go back <laughs> <laughs> so we're surviving watching the movie i love this okay <laughs> You know, I also don't get afraid or scared in movies. Okay. You know, especially uh, you know, you know, teenagers who make bad decisions in sure. movies. Right. So know. like if you could talk to those teenagers, what would you tell those teenagers? That are watching the film or, or the, the, in the or film. as the film. they're experiencing their horrific yes. uh, experience. The characters. Yeah, I would say run yeah. and don't look back. There you go. And or uh, fight like hell and be super aggressive. Okay. Both will work. Fight like, or flight. One or the other. Right. You either want you fight or you flight. It's one or the other. <laughs> exactly. And you got to do both quite well. Yes. So, you know, I, I've never actually encountered, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a, personally, you know, to, if I've ever been in danger, you know, you always wonder Who how am I? you react. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you have no idea. To somebody with a gun that says, I want your money at an ATM machine. I mean, how do you react? Do or, you just say, you know. Right. I, I, I don't even know how I would react. Well, um, the, the, but I remember <clears throat> my dad would say to me, if you're, going to, if you're going to be attacked, then you need to be even more aggressive than your attacker. That's, yeah, well, that's what adrenaline's for, right? You just go for it. Yeah. You um. just need to not miss either. You got to just do it and do it quickly and hard. Um, so I, so that advice would be what my dad would say. But okay. luckily for me, I've never had to. I have never had to take his advice. Well, that's you know? a, that is lucky. Um, but that's but, but you know I it, but I love the idea of of people enjoying horror and and their and their and their and their breaths. You know, like they're short of breath or. Yeah, they've they've got goosebumps mm-hmm. and and their heart rate is racing and you know and you think okay they're they're actually experiencing something oh yeah anatomical right yeah. they they are feeling it yeah there's nothing know? more amazing than sitting in a room full of people watching a horror film because you can feel yeah. everybody being scared it's yeah. an incredible feeling their eyes are wide mm-hmm. open or closed you know <laughs> uh, one or the other and but they're but they're experiencing it yes. physically, and yeah. um, I, I think that's kind of cool. I have to say, I don't experience that uh, personally, um, unless, of course, it's a thriller, mm-hmm. like a um, psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every it's something different for everybody. Everybody's right? got yeah. their thing. So, it's wild, yeah. But we, you know, this is our our idea: is if we watch enough horror film, then we'll see enough situations. And know how to survive when the situation, right. when the zombie apocalypse right. slash ghoul apocalypse happens, mm-hmm. we will be ready for it. Yeah, no, you would. I, I would definitely. Yeah, of course, we have an advantage because we would know shoot him in the head. Right. You know, we would have. We 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 have the rules already sort of established, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. in our heads, yeah. right. Thanks to. Um, Changed to flamethrowers, fucking awesome Romero. Yeah, Yeah. I remember, you know, when George, George and Peter were, you know, working on a script, a new zombie movie, and it was all about okay, we got the story, everything's got, you know, tied in logically, 
and now we've got to get good zombie kills. Yes. You know? Yeah. And you, you know, so two guys, you know, you know, at the table going, okay, well, let's do it this way. And then, you, you know, and, and it's sort of like it grows and I'd be upstairs going, holy shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know you, you had know? that in you. <laughs> yeah. And, and then when you see it on film and you go, okay, wow, that's what it looks like, you know? Um, but yeah, the, you know, even though George was an intellectual, so very cerebral kind of a guy, he, you know, he also understood that, you know, if you're going to do a zombie movie, you gotta have good zombie kills. Yes, right. Definitely. So, yeah. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much. This has been so wonderful talking to you. Well, uh, it was lovely speaking to you ladies as well. So thank you very much for this. And congratulations on everything that's happening with the foundation. Please let us know and keep us updated. And we will for sure uh, retweet and and shout shout out out for everything that you have going on because we want to support. Oh, that's wonderful. I really appreciate that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Okay, have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye.